sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in And then I'll watch them roll away again Yeah, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time I left my home in Georgia Headed for the Frisco Bay Cause I've had nothing to live for And look like nothing's gonna come my way So I'm just gonna sit On the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time Look like nothing's gonna change Everything still remains the same What ten people tell me to do So I guess I'll remain the same Sitting here resting my bones And this loneliness won't leave me alone Listen, two thousand miles I roam Just to make this dock my home Now I'm just gonna sit at the dock of a bay Watching the tide roll away Ooh, Sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting Good evening, friends and family, and welcome to A Safe Space Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Francis Hall. I'm Calvin Williams. I'm Lucas Stadelman. If it is January 19th, January 16th, 2021, around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, then you are listening live, because that's what it is for us. We're going to try to play some music that helps mellow people out or helps people to dance or have some stuff to talk about. Uh, that first song was Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding and Steve Cooper, recorded in 1967 and released in 1968 and was the first posthumous single to top the charts in the United States. Uh, we lost him before it came out, most unfortunately. And I have a cover of it that uh, I'd like to share with you. Shitting in the morning, Sean. I'll be shitting when the evening comes. Yes, I'm just shitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Shitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. Start you off with a little laughter. We could all use some of that. Uh, I appreciate that one. 
Lucas, how are you? I'm okay. I'm I'm surviving. <laughs> we almost didn't have you on the show today. You had another health issue. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I feel like it's all the same health issue. It's like boiled into one, except for the except for the schizophrenia, which is just <laughs> and never relax. gonna probably go away. But. <laughs> Well, just four days, four days to go when we have the inauguration of uh, President Lewinsky. Stop it. <laughs> that was still a good idea for like a minute. I was like, imagine what we would do for bullying and sex workers. <laughs> I my, You know, I had a good re- 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 reasoning. I said, if Renfrew can have her, I'm pretty sure the whole country can. <laughs> she went. She was at Renfrew's. That was the year they Renfrew hired her for their um their conference. <laughs> for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, and and uh, Lucas, you need to get up into the mic. Uh, so I don't know when it was, but it was maybe about a year ago. Lucas got it into his head. No, it was about it was about three years. It was it was the first year I started treatment, and like I was like, well, this place is very strict, and they seem to like her. <laughs> Lucas decided that Monica Lewinsky, not Monica Lewinsky had to run for president and that Lucas was going to be the campaign manager <laughs> and kept asking me like how do we get to her how do we find her how do we get to her I was like you think Renfrew would give me her contact information I'm like I don't nope no nope. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently Trump made a phone call to Pence uh, right before the vote in the the right before the the votes were counted, you know, what was supposed to be just a routine thing. Right. And apparently he said, you can either go down in history as a patriot or you can go down in history as a pussy. What a great bookend. What a great bookend for this fucking presidency that started with him uh, getting caught saying, grab him by the pussy. It's pussy, pussy, bookend. I I can't even, I can't even put that into words right now. (laughs) Didn't you, I mean, didn't you think that grab him by the pussy, that was what was going to sink him? I remember I had that pin. It was like that little cat on it, and he got it in Cold Spring, and it said, you can't grab this pussy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, like for for most politicians, having a pen like that would sink them. Like owning a pen like that would sink them. Much less saying uh, saying grab him by the pussy, but um, nothing nothing could sink this man. It it's like just. All everything was just water, water on feathers for him. I I still don't understand. <laughs> I mean, it, it show it's unfortunately like teaches the lesson that you can be like a full on narcissist in this country. You don't need any treatment, and <laughs> and you can become president. <laughs> you know, and and I I gotta say I think this came out right before a debate with Hillary, and I gotta tell you I think she dropped the ball. You know, it was brought up at the at the debate. And we all remember, or if you don't remember, he he just he he wrote it off. He goes, it was locker room banter, just locker room banter. 
And first of all, like, I don't know a lot of sports guys, but I'm pretty sure they don't go around talking about grabbing people by the pussy in the fucking locker room. I think, unfortunately, you might have not. We don't know her involvement with Epstein either. So, like, there's no way, like, if she, she, if she is involved with, if she had been involved with Epstein, she probably would not have wanted to speak on that. Yeah, but this was long before. I, yeah, but any I of think she came out. I think that it's just right. like because of like her nature of being involved with um, sex trafficking. <laughs> That's my theory on her. I have like this. I have this. I have her voice in my head. Like, no, no, Bill. Like, I don't want to. I just like to hear them scream. <laughs> I know it's terrible, but that is like my true vision of her. <laughs> anyway, getting back to that debate. I, uh, I really think she should have ran with it. She should have. She should have hammered in. Absolutely not. Uh, you were bragging about sexually assaulting women. That's what you were doing. You were bragging about sexually assaulting women, and she should have been very forceful about she it. She took a woman down for being sexually assaulted. She she wrote emails about her. It, it was a bad. That was a bad. That, that was a bad two picks. Those both of those picks were bad. Hillary was not a good pick. She was not a good pick. That could not have been our first woman president. Unfortunately, it would have like taken down. She's no Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like you know, like who the fuck you think she is? She like she's she was not gonna be our first woman president. I mean, I I, I couldn't even decide if I wa- I was happy that Trump won because of that. <laughs> no, why? No. While I am in somewhat agreement of that, um, Hillary definitely was not the right choice to go up against Trump. No. That another another thing that. Another like fatal flaw of the Democratic Party is, to Trump's point, most of them are pussies. They are. They all they all have their money fucking tied in. Like they're they're all making more money off. I I'd like to see Cuomo stocks. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. How long did I laugh? By the uh, way, you are minutes. correct, Lucas. Chris is the hotter Cuomo. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I, w- I wanted no, to say absolutely. this on the um, Facebook um, all week, but I luckily never did it. But um, <laughs> I was saying, like, for seven years, you know, the biggest argument we had all year was which Cuomo would we, we would fight. fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had to make a choice, I I'm definitely on board with the both of you. Even though I honest, uh, even though personally, I feel like uh, Chris looks like a uh, walking Easter Island statue. <laughs> <laughs> It was just like that day that he came out. He was like quarantined in a basement, and he came on the news from the basement. <laughs> That's right. He he actually did his show from uh, from his basement for the two weeks he was quarantined. It was awesome. <laughs> was I was like, "You're just awesome." Fuck. And then he was like making fun of his brother while doing it the whole time. And I was like, "This is this is good comedy." <laughs> Yeah, he's like, and I and I had this this dream where where my brother he was he was a he was a he was dressed as a fairy, and he was using a wand to make the coronavirus go away. <laughs> I remember that. One. Oh, yeah, that is when you, that is when you started thinking that you were gonna sell those those tree. I was like, I was like, okay, maybe if we sold other things too. Like we had a whole art sourcing website where we sold things, and you were like, nope, just the we're gonna just market. And I was like, I'm I'm not signing off on that. Yeah, the ornaments idea was a good idea when I thought this thing was going to be gone in a month. Now it's not a good idea to yeah, make ornaments that look like the coronavirus. You thought you were going to get rich off that forever. Well, you know, I always have some fucking I know. plans that never... You thought you were going to get rich off this, too. No, I don't have plans. I have I have harebrained schemes. You you thought you were going to get rich off the radio show as well. No, I didn't. I I, I didn't. I, I decided to give it 
you know, I, I reasonably thought after five years it could be making money. I was wrong. So now it's, you know, something I do because I love doing it. And since then, I've enjoyed it more. Hey, now that, <clears throat> excuse me, now that you're, you're not so much, uh, like, uh, putting so much emphasis on trying to, like, get something, uh, get something tangible out of it, you can just, like, you're just having fun with it and doing, um, doing whatever the hell you want and it's uh making the best of it and that's that's kind of how i feel about my show like like my show is is been my my therapy session from the very beginning and it's now that now that a few more people know about it and uh, like listen regularly it's become their therapy session too <laughs> yeah you're you're constantly up there in the top 10 of all shows, not just music, consistently recently. Yeah, that's been that's, that's awesome. been congratulations. Thank you. That's been kind of kind of wild to think about like, to see uh, seeing that like seeing that like almost every month, and like knowing that there are people out there watching, like not watching, listening. Like I, one thing I always talk about is just like playing music and just like ranting into the uh, infinite void of time space in the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but, right? Not for nothing. I'm afraid of that too. Not for nothing. Find out what uh, Radio Free Brooklyn listeners are uh, grooving on Tuesdays at 11. Radio Free Brooklyn. Lush Vibes Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the la- <laughs> It's been funny. The last couple of episodes I've like I've talked more in those two episodes than like I ever have at any point on my show. Um, I think I, I think I mentioned on the last show I I did a, a tribute to uh, my favorite rapper MF Doom. Um, this past episode was basically twenty minutes of me just ranting about Donald Trump and the Capitol writers. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. It felt good. It felt really, really good. <laughs> And I and I started my show off uh, saying, like I don't like I don't want this to be like a a talking like me becoming a talking head situation um, at the beginning of every show. But I I wasn't even gonna say anything. But I have to at least say this. Twenty minutes later, I didn't. I I said uh, to anybody who's still listening. Thank you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I've, I've definitely felt that too after after finished your radio show. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> you know, Trump is absolutely 100 percent responsible for the uh, for the riot for the I'm going to call it attempted coup. Uh, news stations are not using the word coup, um, but I am because I can. <laughs> I mean, what better, like, what better way to describe it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's absolutely 100% responsible. But but his followers, you know, I'm sorry, you don't get a pass for being an idiot. You know, I've, I've watched the interviews with these guys. I've watched them, you know, the, the footage. And Trump told us to come here. He told us to steal, stop to steal. And he's our president. And so it's, we're here and we're patriots. And I'm going to steal this lectern. <laughs> Fucking idiot! Like there's there's EDC and there's malicious EDC, and then there's the Capitol rioters. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then there's the cops who took the selfies with the Capitol riders. Uh, <laughs> let's get some government employees. Let's get no, something you can dance to. Calvin, you said your mom suggested a, a song that you played on Lush Rives radio. Uh, let's let's hear that, and then we'll get back to some chat. All right. So uh, I I want to put together a playlist uh, uh, for for like just for the sake of like everyone's mental health. It it didn't quite turn out the way I wanted to because like I um, I was just wiped out over the uh, few days before my show so i i uh i feel it i feel it some uh some requests from people and my mom came up with um a song that we've played on uh, this show before but hey it's it's always worth playing again it's happy by pharrell williams it might seem crazy what i'm about to say
That was great. Thank you very much. Appreciated that. Uh, Lucas, I uh, complimented you on the pants that you had painted, the jeans you painted. They are absolutely amazing. Really think, uh, as you know, I want I want a pair myself. I am going to give you a pair of jeans for you to to do for me. Unless, yeah, I want to do this once with both of you and then do a photo shoot with Ben. Yes. Because we're done with the, the peach. It's an apricot, but I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I listen. I know I proved that at the time, but I didn't. This was serious. I was like, whatever. Yeah, sure. You were like coming at me with shit, and I was busy with my own show that week. And I was like, you know what, Francis? Yes, that is fine. That picture is great. Well, and we now it's the idea of using your actual ass. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of happy we didn't do that too. <laughs> so, other than those amazing pants, uh, what have what have you been working on? What have I been working on? Yes, um, I've been same. I've been doing um, um art, visual art. I'm also yeah. dancing, but visual, but um, not dancing for anything, not choreographing really anything that I would use, but um, real visual art. You want to see? Sure. They, they, you can see. Yeah, we do <laughs> we do a lot of visuals on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin, what have you been working on? Um, I've been I've been trying to uh been trying to get myself together because I got I have a I have a song that I've been Oh. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Nice. I like that. Yeah, we need to start getting more interactive and putting pictures of this stuff that we talk about up on on sites. Ah, yeah, for sure. But uh there's the um the song that I've been what can you hear see? Yeah, that was amazing. Yep. Yeah, it's it. not yeah, it's Phoenix 2.0, which I bet Renfrew is still pretty sad about you know publishing that because when I actually actually started the fire. <laughs> so Calvin was telling us about something he's working on. Oh wait, what was he working on? Hey, um I'm trying to work on some music. I've uh I finally finally decided to uh put my uh for my keyboard to use i'm not sure if uh i got it uh right next to me here um and actually use it to uh write music instead of letting it sit and collect dust and i've been i've been working on uh been working on an instrumental that i'm that i'm looking to uh send to send over to a uh singer friend of mine in washington dc and really <clears throat> excuse me really really excited about it like very very modern uh, very modern and very spacey, and so um, I've just been trying to like find the energy to uh, get uh, like uh, work on it and uh, get it finished. Cause 
like unfortunately you can't hear what it sounds uh, what it sounds like in my head i wish i could like yeah. uh, put uh, put totally. off cable in my brain and like let people listen to like all the songs <laughs> in my head but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, in the future yeah. inventors keep this in mind yes <laughs> i do i do feel like i've been plugged in but i'm also mentally ill <laughs> <laughs> uh can you play us a little bit of it um it is it is nowhere near ready <laughs> um, sorry that what? car drove by what was that uh, no, no worries um it's uh not even close to being uh uh being ready for demoing so yeah probably in another right. week or two it'll um i'll have something uh for you guys to listen to all right. I am uh, now take this with a grain of salt. I am once you get to know me, you'll know that I start projects. I, I was I got 21 chapters between 14 and 21 chapters into a book that I was writing, mm-hmm. walked away from it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, I have uh, I have uh, about 50 poems for a book that I was going to put out of 81 poems. Walked away from it after fifty. Do you still have them? Yeah, I still have them. So maybe they're beautiful. I might read. I might read one on the air. Uh, But so what I'm working on right now is a movie which may or may not get made. I'm writing a screenplay. I have the whole thing worked out in my head. I have roles actually for both of you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but wasn't I like something like really that I didn't want to play? What was I? You are you, uh, Lucas, are going to be playing. no, I changed my mind on that. You're not going to be the villain, actually. You're going to be a librarian by day and a superhero by night. And uh, and Calvin, I'm writing you as the narrator. Ooh. <laughs> Rats, I didn't, I'm game. Yeah. I like your voice. I, I don't know how you feel about being on screen. And there is a role of a narrator. Uh, so uh, I've written a few scenes in. I've sketched out the you know the the important stuff the beginning the middle the end mm. of course the lead is i'm writing for me <laughs> fair <laughs> and uh and also me and lucas we we uh there's there's a, a romance thing going on there <laughs> so that's another reason why it works because we already have that dynamic <laughs> well what did what did my therapist at rehab say when i told her about how we met and how i was late to I was late to giving you. I'd always admired you. I was late to giving you my music. So I said, you could spank me. She said, what a love story. <laughs> yeah, I, I spanked Lucas the very first time we met. And like, that's not how like I rolled it. Like, I know the scene can be kind of loose, but I was like very professional. Like I never did things like that with like, you know what I mean? I was like, so that, that was really out of character. But I just like, I was like, I was like, I don't know, like really impressed by you. And I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, a little bit unprofessional. And it's like the, it's like the a building. Next, unprofessional of me as the, the stage manager to be spanking you in the fucking dressing room. It's every day I go to rent. Like, I had to go to rent for. I had to think about that. So it's like the building next to it. So it's like the complete opposite of like what you should be getting your mindset into before you're going into rent room. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined me. You meant to uh, yourself. <laughs> Imagine, imagine if that was the, uh, the like the impetus to the show "How I Met Your Mother." 
<laughs> a film that uh, that I am in, uh, I found out uh, you can see on, and this is a, a professional film. This isn't one something that we just did with no permits on the streets and stuff. It's called Remedy, and you can see it on Amazon Prime. Uh, anyone who has Prime can can check out Remedy. It's just like it sounds, R-E-M-E-D-Y. It is, I think, an R-rated film. It is about uh, a woman who works for who works at a BDSM dungeon, uh, mostly as as a she as a switch. She does both dominant stuff and uh, and submissive stuff. And this is somebody the the writer of this film and also the director is somebody who knew what she was doing. It was somebody who 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 knew the subject matter. And so if you thought Fifty Shades of Grey, like me, was just crap Terrible. Oh, and, and really it's didn't represent BDSM, this is a film that I think you will like. In my role, I, I liked quite a bit. Um, I play this guy who, uh, he's very delusional, and he hires, he hires the lead woman. I can't remember what the character's name was. He hires the lead woman just to listen to his delusions because his wife was listening <laughs> to him at, at home. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I used to like, I used to not fucking give dances at pumps. They call they get, they hand me money for a therapy rate. That was the best. Except oh, yeah. they ever told me I had no more naked therapy. <laughs> what did, what did that say? Uh, he was just showing me that he found the, the film. Uh, and you can also see me for uh, like a second in the in the trailer, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that role. Uh, and I am going to watch the film. I, I haven't watched East Village Safari because I really don't like watching myself as me interviewed, but but watching myself as a character. Uh, most of my lines are improvised. Wait, who uh, made this? Cheyenne Picardo mm. uh, was the writer and the director. Uh, very, we 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 met at uh, at a wedding at Abby and Flambeau's wedding, and uh, just really clicked, became very close. And anyway, so so the scene that that I was in, she said, I just can't figure out the dialogue for this. So I had no script. Oh wow, <laughs> I had no script, other than a few lines at the beginning which we came up with like a day before the shoot. So you're going to see that I'm holding a notebook mm -hmm. uh, 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 and, and, and I'm re and, and I say that I forget why I say that I'm holding the notebook, but the truth is the, my, the, the lines <laughs> that wrote. <laughs> you're only the only two lines you can remember. Did you, I mean, you guys weren't scripted with Rev Jen and anything, right? You guys didn't. Loosely scripted. Loosely oh, that was scripted. scripted? Yeah, okay. it, was, it was a combination of, of scripts and uh, and improv. But once I put down that paper, uh, it's all improv and it's all crazy shit. So I feel like I'm I'm, I'm off oh, I'm much better uh, after I put down the paper. What's anyway, that? I feel like in, in in performing I'm much better once I put down the paper. Yeah, I prefer a script. As an actor, I prefer a script. I mean, I think I do. I, I, I prefer to go in there thinking I have that, but then it's just like the days that I'm just like, like the days that I, like I prefer, like I never go on stage without choreography. The days that I'm like, you know what, this isn't even fit for this audience. And I just change it. Like while I'm going, I do a much better performance. But, you know, sometimes it's like the venue wants you to like go with what you said you were going to bring. 
<laughs> Sometimes. Today was, today was the day, um, yeah, like five years ago, I did that Amelda DeMarco act. At, 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 but it, I don't know if this was the day you spanked me, but or seven years ago or whatever, but it was today. Facebook reminded me. <laughs> You're listening to a safe space radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. If you uh, have some money to spare, the station could certainly use it. Like, like so many small businesses, we have taken a huge hit by not being able to rent out our space for podcasts and many other reasons. So your your donation is tax deductible. Go to radiofreebrooklyn.org/donate. And that will you'll have all the for six months. Six bucks. We'll take it. We'll use it. We'll put it to good use. Exactly. So please uh, help <laughs> us out if you can. And do you have some copy for us to read here, Calvin? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, City Running Tours. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out their website, cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. And make sure you check out a live tour every Saturday at 10 a.m. on their Instagram at City Running Tours. If you would, thank you for that. And if you'd be so kind to queue up Lean On Me, uh, I'd like to play that next. This is a song that was written by Bill Withers, released in 1972. It is one of only nine songs to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with versions by two different artists. The second one that hit number one was uh, Club Nouveau in 1987. Now, what I think is interesting, do you have the version that I sent you? Uh, hold on a second. Because we might not. <laughs> we might not have it. We might not have it. Um... Uh, did you send that to me? I'm not sure if you did. Got four songs you sent me, but that was not one of them. Really? I did not send it to you. <laughs> I was I was I was betting on it, it was Francis. What's that? I was betting on it, it was Francis. <laughs> Hold on How a second. Unfortunate. Let me let me see if I can get it queued up. Uh talk amongst yourselves. Well the 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 one that I sent you, uh it was a different version. Uh so let's save it for next week. Okay. Yeah. Uh the what I sent Someone. <laughs> Sounds about right. I hope it's somebody you like. Don't like. Don't mind if they call you up, and lean on you. 
<laughs> I had a girl I'd never met from Team Tiny call me out. Crying. <laughs> well, what I sent to someone, it was a version that was John Legend, uh, Stevie Wonder, and Bill Withers. But Bill Withers was, was getting on in years. And so uh, John Legend joined Bill Withers when, when it was time for Bill Withers to sing his part of the song and basically let his voice carry Bill Withers. It was like a vocal lean on me. So it's very cool. You can look forward to that next week. Right. Here's a question. What do you think is the message behind the Make America Great Again slogan? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, I've tried to. I've, I've, said, I've spent many vortexes thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I always, I always wonder, like, what these... Uh, what these MAGA heads like consider the the point in America that was great that we need to White? return to. What exactly? <laughs> I had a problem with the slogan from the get go. What the fuck are you talking about? Some boomer shit. Like, fucking who who thinks that, who thinks they they had it, had it great? The boomers, because <laughs> they're all sitting there with all the all the money. Mm -hmm. I saw this news thing where this woman was like freaking out. This older woman, this boomer, she was freaking out that like we can't let the, the let my generation into the housing market because they're gonna put our their children in schools <laughs> on the news. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, so so what? We're we gonna just not educate the kids at all? <laughs> this generation. She was from Boston. <laughs> all right, I have, I have my feelings about Boston. Let, let's uh, let's get a little more music. I did send you It's Your Thing? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a song by the Isley Brothers written in 1969. This was right after they had uh, split from from uh, Barry Gordy. And um, uh, they wanted to do what they want to do. <laughs> it felt Barry Gordy was kind of controlling. And as it turned out, they had a huge hit with it. It was also the first uh, Motown act to win a Grammy for the best R&B performance by a demo or a group. So if you're going to leave Barry Gordy, <laughs> you better fucking come up with something good. I think the Isley Brothers did. It's your thing.
It's your thing. So what were you you you're saying? Okay, so so at um at a Facebook friend uh, post a picture uh uh post a a picture of the Isley Brothers in one of their like promotional shots. You got you got all the Isley Brothers like dressed to the nines, but um the uh, the guitarist Ernie, like my friend tried to rip on him because he had like really tight bell bottoms on and uh and a uh. And a button-down shirt that he had uh, uh, um, tied, exposing his uh, uh, exposing his midsection, and tried to uh, I don't know insinuate. Uh, I think he was trying to insinuate something, but like <laughs> we we all got on. My friend was like, first of all, my man could probably steal any girl that you'd probably ever <laughs> ever met in your life. And two, <laughs> How dare you? How dare you try to speak ill of Ernie Isley, one of the baddest guitarists <laughs> of all time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't think that would go down well. <laughs> uh, going back just a little bit, I think this this MAGA slogan is. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a not so thinly veiled. I think the message behind it is. That uh, white men felt that their white males specifically felt that their prominence and importance was eroding in America, that they were tired of seeing uh, black people rise in power. They were tired of seeing acceptance of of gay people. They they were horrified by the whole idea of trans people, and they wanted to go back to a time when uh, when the the majority of power was uh, was with white christian men i think that I mean, is what the about the women behind what my... about like the, what about my therapist at renfrew who's a maga supporter when i asked for a culturally competent therapist <laughs> like why like why would it why would a therapist be a maga supporter like a therapist because there are women that that have these views as well lots why of would them. they give me that woman as my therapist? Oh, well i have no idea i mean i think that that was psychological warfare <laughs> i don't know but i probably deserved it it was. Uh, I think we were at the level in my care where I needed some psychological warfare. <laughs> Is that a part of the healing process? Psychological warfare. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know I signed up for this, but <laughs> it's definitely. It's definitely been. I think the the core. It's been required at the core of my healing. How do you feel you're doing with uh, your therapy and and with your you know. I'm doing well. Um, sorry, there's an ambulance. There's always an ambulance in the shade. Always. It's New York. This is New York. Um, but, um, <laughs> um, 
people you know, pay I mean, for I'm these well. um, I, I, You know, I have this Hearing Voices Network group, which is great. Um, so that, like, um, just provides me with, like, sort of a community and, um, you know. Ambulance in the background is kind of perfect when we're talking about just, mental health. Well, yeah, I mean, luckily the ambulance is not coming for me anymore. Exactly. There was a, there was a good two weeks there where it was my ambulance, and then it's like just I'm just now getting over the sound of ambulances not giving me a like physical um, reaction of like, <laughs> like yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Calvin. Same question. How do you feel you're doing uh, in your mental state and some of the problems that uh, that you deal with? Um, it's that's uh, no, a regular struggle for me. I, I mean, even oh, even even down to today, like I was just really, really in in not a great mood. Just just woke up, like woke up, like in a like heavy depression i think a lot of it was anxiety just like kicking in and that's why that's why i ended up spending like a good uh three or four hours today just uh hanging out in my kitchen just uh making food and baking because that that actually helped me out a whole lot and it gave me a chance to uh um use up the rest of uh some homemade pie crust that i had that uh i needed to do something with so i ended up making uh making a whole bunch of turnovers <laughs> Nice. Awesome. I'm, I'm really impressed by bakers because I don't like fall. I'm good at cooking, but I don't like following directions. So, you know, baking is really difficult for me. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta get it right with baking. You can't just so. be like, I'll just put it in the oven first. <laughs> Set it to whatever. Take it out whenever. Open, open up you your oven on the stovetop. You can look at it. You can smell yeah, it. No. Move it around. I mean, I I've just I have started to it. perfect software that babe. Perfect. <laughs> I have it to the exact moment. But as a waiter, that was terrible. Like when people are ordering soft boiled eggs at a at a restaurant, like people don't have, those cooks don't have time to be like sitting over the egg. Right. I don't think right. I sent lead on me to anyone at all. I think I think Catherine Catherine Dunn is right that. Anytime I think I've accomplished something technical, I'm actually just yelling at a box of tissues. <laughs> He's serious. I'm like, oh, I found this version of Lean on Me, the one that I wanted, and I sent it to Calvin. Cut to the videotape yelling at a box of tissues. <laughs> you, you may have sent this to me like maybe a month or two ago, but not this week. Not this week, like I thought. Do you know how to use Siri? Do I know how to use Siri? To to argue with at 11 o'clock before I'm going to sleep, then I've had a couple of whiskeys. Yeah, I, I could do that. I don't like her either because she, she tried to send me a psych words when I needed some cold medicine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I I don't rely on uh, Siri and Google Assistant and Alexa to uh, uh, to handle uh, handle anything important. Like if I know I need to get something done, like if I need to order something, I'll just order it myself. If I need to set a timer or something, my Google Assistant works just fine for that. <laughs> yeah, I only use it to turn my flashlight on because for some reason my phone won't let me turn my flashlight on. But it's been multiple phones that has done this. I think somebody's fucking with me. <laughs> you know it's funny I've, 
I've actually had like weird experiences with uh, my phone flashlight too. So <laughs> we may we may both be in good company. <laughs> <laughs> I I do I do have a, a mental health story from this week. Something that that uh, got me a little got me a little pissed off. Uh, someone contacted me and said, "Hey, um, I'm I'm up to the." It's an AA thing. I, I have this ninth step, and I want to make amends for blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And I called up my sister Nancy afterwards and told her, you know, I ranted a little bit. And she and before she hung up, she she said, I'm sorry you got ninth stepped on. <laughs> so <laughs> let me tell you. Remember <laughs> <laughs> when I said... Um, I said I was like maybe so, you should go with him, and then it caused this big fight. And then I went, and then I just then I left and went on a bender. So, so the ninth step. This is when you you know you did something wrong to somebody, and you and you 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 confess, and you're supposed to make it up to them or whatever it is. So, so the oh, first man. time I got ninth stepped on, it was I don't know maybe ten fifteen years ago, and. I had been dating this woman, let's call her Sally, because I've never dated anyone named Sally. And uh, and uh, I things didn't work out. We broke up. And this then she started going out with this guy, call him Jim. Jim, who I've known, who's been a friend of the family forever. So anyway, Jim come is on his ninth step. He said, I really need to talk to you in person. I was like, okay. He goes, I, I need to let you know that, that, that me and Sally started our relationship before you two broke up. <laughs> I could have gone my whole fucking life without knowing that. Yeah. This, this benefits me no. in no way. This is, this, you know, how is this a You talk about that at AA, that if it brings more harm than good, maybe you shouldn't do it. I but know. I read that. You're not that. supposed to do that. You're not supposed to like. They, they actually talk about it, but like for some reason, everyone I've met who's actually done the whole, like the whole journey and the cult, decides that they must tell everyone what they've done. And they're like, no, it does more good. It does more good. They they all and I'm like, when does it ever do more good? AA helps a lot of people. I'm gonna say that it's not for me because it's faith based. And for me, you know, like I I had to get sober. Uh, for you to be able yeah, to, but, you know, there was smart recovery, and I did through, going to a therapist. I, I, I did. Instead, I did. You, you, you left me and you and House coming down off sixteen drinks. I follow. I followed a scientific method to stop, and I stopped what I needed to. I was then not. You said pleasant. you were going to encourage people on the radio to. I was. Do it I was not pleasant to be around. Up. That's when I left and went on a bender. <laughs> I said. I said I'm not going to let you do that. I'm going to shut down your radio station. And take Calvin with me. <laughs> <laughs> and then went on a bender. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, is that there, there, there are science, there's science-based ways to stop drinking. And, and none of those ways involve doing it all by yourself without getting your labs checked. I was perfectly safe in what I did. Okay. Like I was saying, I was, I, I was unpleasant to be around. But you know. Most people who don't drink anything are unpleasant to be around. <laughs> there are like seven people that don't drink anything that are pleasant to be around. There's, there is, uh, there is Gladys from accounting. 
It was glad it's present to be around, though. I feel like it's Gladys from accounting is always like, you don't want to go to the copy. You don't want to go to the copy machine because Gladys is going to start talking to you. Okay, there are six <laughs> people. In office, so You're I, right. Gladys no. from accounting doesn't count. There's there's uh, Scooter Pie. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's great. And right, actually, uh, there's, there was the, the one person all the one person that was one. <laughs> All right, we're up to two now. <laughs> Sorry, Gladys, from accounting. <laughs> Yesterday, they were having an alumni event and I was Zoom and I was like, should I go? And then I was like, no, you're high right now. <laughs> Do not go to that. <laughs> Yeah, I have, I have so anyway, I told I told the person that yeah yeah I will I will meet with you, but I have absolutely no faith whatsoever that this is going to benefit me in any way, shape, or form. What is that? That's fucking that's fucking wrong. Right. I don't, I, I'm not an AA account, clearly. I did say you know smart recovery is free cognitive behavioral therapy, but you know that's you can you can talk about that with your Siri. <laughs> <laughs> With your tissue box. <laughs> <laughs> you straight up do talk to shit though when you're drunk. <laughs> Who's the real schizophrenic here? <laughs> we got five minutes left. I was going to play Minnie Ripperton's Loving You tonight. But with five minutes left, let's save that for another time. But I will say, I love the song. I love how, if you don't know the song, you should listen to it. Because she hits high notes that are just crazy. Crazy high notes. Ridiculous, yes. Absolutely incredible. You hear about this? Sea shanties are big with the kids right now. Yes, I've been <laughs> I've been hearing about this. And I don't understand it in the least bit. But I'm all for it. <laughs> well, as a guy who went to the South Street Seaport as a kid and watch those fucking salty old sailors sing sea shanties when I was a watch those shalty sailors sing sea shanties when I was a child. <laughs> I love it. What are you going to do with a drunken sailor? What are you going to do with a drunken sailor? What are you going to do with a drunken sailor? Put him in the bed with a captain's daughter. Put him in the bed with a captain's daughter. Put him in the bed with a captain's daughter. Lie in the bar, dad. I feel like your mom does less of these since we've uh, like limited her alcohol content, but that always should be fun. She still sings. She still sings, but she used to have like these really random ones that she'd come up with that we'd be like, none of us would have ever heard. <laughs> uh, mom's a big sea shanty, uh, sea shanty, uh, sea shanty fan. Or just, our whole uh... family, we used to go down to the South Street Seaport like almost every week. I think. Maybe oh, really? maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but we we went often, and yeah, it was these salty old fucking sailors <laughs> doing sea shanties. It was a free show, uh, and it was great. I loved it. I I look forward to uh, when I'll be able to uh, wander over to the uh, seaport again because I'm I miss going over there. Like I I haven't gone. No, I didn't go at all last uh, last year. Yeah, neither did I. 
a whole bunch of um whole bunch of uh great restaurants a bar that i love uh jeremy's ale house love that place i miss that place so much <laughs> i like this place that's right by where you dock um the statue of liberty it's so good it's, it has this whole like it looks like a boathouse it's really big two floors you know who you it. won't see at that ale house who gladys from accounting <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who's sort of similar to like Gladys from accounting and that sort of stereotype. And I'm just straight up trying to, you know, bring her out um, so that we can meet, find her a man. Um, she, you know, she's like my mom's age. She's like, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I said, we, I guess we could have soda or something. And she was like, no, she said, I'm like that sort of influence on people. She's like, no, we can have a drink. And I was like, yes. <laughs> So just don't get Gladys from accounting around me. <laughs> I feel I feel like Gladys, uh, we'd all be a bad influence on Gladys from accounting. Yeah, totally. That's <laughs> why, why we don't have an accounting department. <laughs> we got one minute to wrap this up. So, hey, Lucas, I didn't. Well, I wasn't sure we were going to see you tonight. So glad that we did. You bring a lot to the show. Uh, your your honesty, your laughter, your wisdom, your art. Thank you so much, uh, Calvin. Always, always, always. So glad to have you on the show. The music that you share, the stories that you share, your intellect and your technical proficiency. You are not yelling at a box of tissues <laughs> when you're getting this show on the air. Thank you so much for that. Thank you all for for listening, for tuning in. We appreciate it. And next week we will be with a new president yes next oh, week wow. on the air it's been a long time coming yes four days left uh folks be safe in that time uh show love to yourselves show love to each other uh it it really it really helps that's what that's 